Hello, 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 and welcome back, JP Money listeners. Today we got Jessica Parks, aka the host of MakeMoneyWorkHard.com on the show. She's going to be sharing with us a little bit about the HSA, the health savings account. This is a term I brought up a few times when describing different investment vehicles. And, and this is a special account that's a little bit newer. We've had a couple people reach out to the show, kind of wonder uh, you know, what that HSA is, how to get one, how to use it, how to maximize it. And so we're going to be talking about that today for a quick episode on the HSA. All right, JP Money listeners, thank you for joining me today. Today's a great day. It's a great day to be Jordan Parks. It's not every day that you get to host your own podcast and have your wife as your guest. And, you know, we hope to have her back much more, but she's a busy lady. She's got a busy schedule. She's going to school. She's learning things that are far beyond my level of comprehension. But I was able to snag her from her busy schedule and get her here today to discuss the health savings account with the JP Money Podcast. And this isn't for me. This isn't for her. This is for our listeners. This is for our audience. This is for you guys. All right. Her presence here is to help share her knowledge and what she's learned and what she's gained from several years of experience of medical bills using a health savings account. So that being said, Jessica, how you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Feels pretty good to be back in the JP Money Show, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. I've been listening, listening to each of the episodes that come out every Tuesday, but it's awesome to be on the podcast itself again. Now, you've been crafting up your website here, and I, I try not to plug too much additional information here on the show, but in the past couple of weeks, you've beefed up your website, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? How's that coming along? My website is makemoneyworkhard.com and it is coming along. Like Jordan has said, I am a little bit busy, but I do enjoy writing about personal finance and just some of the stuff similar to what you're doing with the podcast. What I wish I would have known growing up, what I wish I would have known when I was just leaving college, only I'm doing it in a written form and you are doing it in an oral form. So, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, the things that we talk about, the things we do, I, I consider these to be life skills. I don't really think of this as personal finance. Like using your money wisely is a wholesome activity that serves several different purposes. I mean, it's a, it's a religious act. It's a personal act. It's an educational act. I mean, there's, you know, many different ways and purposes uh, that you can use money for. And at the end of the day, we don't want to earn money to be rich. Uh, we want to earn money to be able to to use it, to give it, to you know, use it on things that we value and will help bring our life, you know, a little bit more more meaning and purpose and enjoyment. Because money truly can't buy happiness, right? Uh, but it sure can assist with you know a comfortable living space and being able to explore different avenues and. And one thing I always tell people is that it gives you choices. It gives you options. Yes. And, you know, many of us might be okay in our 20s or so having someone tell us what to do. And, and you know, we understand that there's a payment to be made uh, in terms of your time and your energy to a company or to, you know, building your own business. But as, as you age and as you go through life, 
you know, the older you get, the more you want to have options, right? It's, it's sad for me to think of, and, and, and I'm not blaming anyone for this or putting anyone down for this because, you know, working and providing for your family is one of the most beneficial things you can do as a human being. But when you've got kids that are coming up through elementary, middle, and high school, you only get that phase of life once. And for most people, that's when you're in your late 20s, 30s, and 40s. And, you know, it would be nice to not be so dependent on your income that you have to miss some of the good things life provides, right. particularly in your 30s and 40s, because you you had to work 16-hour days. Right. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's why we have MakeMoneyWorkHard.com. That's why we have the JP Money Podcast. We want to make money work hard. We want to make it work, you know, by itself yeah. uh, and have your money earn you money. All right. That's why we talk about compound interest on this on this show and why we think about getting money into these different investment accounts. And, and speaking of investment accounts, today we are going to be talking about the HSA. Uh, Jessica, why do you think this is such an important tool for people uh, to to use? Because my understanding is it's relatively new. I, I think the uh, the 401k was was put into place some 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think the Roth IRA is a little bit newer, 20, 25 years mm-hmm. uh, or so. HSA is only five, 10 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And one reason why I think it's important is first off, it's just not as well known. And I do want to throw out the caveat that it is dependent on the type of health insurance you have. So not everyone listening may have an HSA right now. But it is an important vehicle and one that I believe is the most underutilized. And so it's important for us to share with people how to use the HSA, because even if you don't have one right now, you may have one in the future. Or if you don't have one right now, you may have one from a previous employer that you can still contribute to, even though you're not employed by them. And so not only thinking about how the HSA may be accessible to you at some point, but I also want to throw out that when you are retired, you are probably going to have the greatest amount of medical costs that you have had in your life at that point. When I was looking at some statistics surrounding this, it said that most people have, or the average, it said that the average amount of medical costs that people accrue when they're retired is around $300,000. And that is a lot for us to imagine right now. And that's us with salaries. Whereas when you're retired and you have those medical costs, you can't just go out and work and try to make up that money and pay those bills. So it's important to plan ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I I totally agree. I think one of the big fears of retirement age for most people is I don't want to be a burden to my to my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking as someone who's on the opposite end of that spectrum, right? Somebody who's maybe a little bit younger and, and not nearing my retirement years. Don't worry about that. I mean, yeah, you want to be aware of your medical costs and, and you want to do everything you can to prepare uh, financially for that. But you know, parents took care of their kids uh, when they were young. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the the responsibility, if you will, of the kids to now take care of the parents in old age. I know different cultures have different perspectives on that. But certainly if, you know, my mom or my dad needed, truly needed something from me, uh, I will always be there for them. Now, you can draw that line wherever you want to draw that line. That's more of an individual and family situation. But, you know, don't 
I don't want you to be so consumed in retirement years that I don't want to be a burden for my kids. Because if you're a good, strong family member, you're going to do everything you can to help out your parents, no matter what financial situation they're in. Okay. But we always talk about here at the JP Money Show, you know, the best thing to do when you're between a rock and a hard place is to not let it get there in the first place. And, and I think that's with the HSA, something you can start to think about in your 20s, 30s, and 40s to prepare yourself for your 60s, 70s, and 80s. Okay. Because people are scared, scared about inflation. They're scared about their asset allocation, their their risk, uh, their sequence of returns uh, throughout their retirement years that that's going to kill their portfolio. Nope. One of the biggest things that's going to kill your portfolio is unexpected medical bills that are seem to be rising in cost every single year that oftentimes don't come until you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, just when you stop working and you're just ending your peak earning years. So- Yeah. So Jessica, what is an HSA? So an HSA stands for health savings account. And I think of it as like a bank account, but strictly for medical purposes. So it's a tool that you can save money in that you can withdraw money from also later on. So I like to think of it as a bank account strictly for medical purposes. You can save money in it for current or future medical expenses. And one great thing about the HSA is that it is untaxed. So whether your employer puts money in your HSA for you pre-tax, or if you are self-employed and you contribute money towards your HSA, then you can write it off on your tax return. And then when you withdraw money from it, which is usually the other end of a financial transaction, we would see taxes occur. You can withdraw that money untaxed also when it's for medical purposes. There's other situations surrounding that um, where this is not always the case, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. So the, you know, we talk about having an emergency fund, right? Whether it's it's three months expenses, six months expenses, you know, you always want to have that amount of money in cold, hard cash. And one of the big emergencies that people have is hospital bills. Okay. You and I are, are, are pretty spoiled in the sense that as teachers or as one teacher and a former teacher, we have pretty good health insurance plans. However, um, if you don't and you have to get a cast on your arm, you got to get this whole new physical therapy for your knee because you tore your ACL unexpectedly at soccer practice doing jumping jacks, then you want to play defense and the HSA can allow for you to do that. So, So can just anybody have an HSA? So not everyone can have an HSA. Um, To have an HSA, you have to have a high deductible plan first off. And what that means is the amount that you pay out of pocket, that's what your deductible is, the amount you pay out of pocket before your insurance benefits kicks in has to be at least a certain amount. So for 2022, the minimum high deductible amount that individual could have to be able to have access to an HSA was $1,400. And for a family, it was $2,800. Now, your deductible might be more than that. In fact, I know our deductible is more than $2,800. So that was the amount that we had to pay out of pocket before our insurance started kicking in with the benefits. So so what is, as a married couple with no kids, what is our deductible currently? Our deductible is 4000 and the minimum amount to be able to be considered a high deductible plan where you can open up an HSA, you said is 2800 Correct. for a family? Correct. 
are you and I considered a family because we don't have kids? Yes. So family is really two plus individuals in the household. Okay. So because our deductible is $2,800 or more, we are now potentially available and able to open up a health savings account. That's your understanding? Potentially. There's other types of accounts too that may come with an employer plan. So another common one is an FSA, which is a flexible spending account. And real quick, in summary, the FSA, you contribute money money to it, but you have to use that money up by the end of the year. And that's a completely different account for a completely different time. Um, But an HSA may not be the type of account that an employer offers to you. Okay. So if you are able to be eligible for one of these HSAs and you get one, uh, how does the account actually work? Like, do you get, like, I can log into my HSA and see how much money's in there, whether I put it in there or an employer put it in there. Uh, I know if you haven't mentioned it yet, you're going to talk about investing the money that's in there. Mm-hmm. Is that all in that online account? And, uh, you know, let's say I go to the doctor and I need to pay for my dentist bill or whatever it is, mm-hmm. a copay of 20 bucks, let's say. Do I just have like a card that I can use to pay for that with an HSA? Yeah. So first off, an HSA, like I said, is kind of similar to a bank account, but for medical expenses. So you do get a debit card for your HSA. So if we go to an office and we have to pay a copay, I can just give them my debit card. I can also pay bills online using that same debit card too. Also, the account does allow you to invest, but after you have a certain amount in liquid form. So for example, in our HSA, we cannot start investing the money until we have $2,000 liquid. That may be different for different accounts, but it requires you to have a certain cash amount so that you can quickly withdraw when you need medical expenses. Uh, You know, I know for you and me, we have an employer that puts in our deductible. Now that might not always be the the case for people. You said our deductible is $4,000. My employer puts $4,000 into our account. And when we took your health insurance previously, they did the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we were given $4,000. Now that's not deductible on your uh, tax return that year because your employer put it in. But the additional amount, if you were to put more in, would be deductible on your tax return. Now you can actually do it one of two ways. In in many cases, you can go right to your employer and say, hey, I know you put $4,000 in there. There's an additional in 2022 as a married couple, you can put an additional $3,300 in there and you can have your employer deduct it from your paycheck pre-tax and it's done up front. Mm-hmm. Okay. You and I didn't do that just because I didn't feel like talking to HR and going through the process. We just stuck $3,300 in there out of our bank account. So then at the end of the year, you can go in and deduct that amount of money from your, your tax return as, a, as right. an expense, um, as a deduction. Okay, so that lowers your taxable income. Check out the episode, Understanding Taxes, to be able to get more information on that. So what are the current uh, contribution limits? So current contribution limits for an individual, so that's just one person with their own health insurance, is $3,650. That's for 2022. And then for a family, which is two or more individuals, that is $7,300. So, you know, I just got back from the Michigan Athletic Club. You know me, trying to get in shape trying to take care of my body because it needs it. Trust me. Um, and I went and swam a few laps. Now I needed that for my mental health. I needed it for my physical health. I need that for my longevity. So can I pay for my Mac membership? 
with my health savings account because that's a health expense. So you cannot pay for a gym membership with an HSA. In fact, there are certain things that do or do not fall under an HSA. So for example, if someone goes and gets like a plastic surgery, cosmetic procedure that is not necessary, is not required, is not pre-authorized by a doctor, that's not covered under your HSA. I couldn't call a bar of dark chocolate a medical prescription or something along those lines, just because I think that it will help my mental health. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I'll attach up in the show notes. There's a list from the hsabank.com. We're going to go ahead and assume this is a credible source. I believe it is. Uh, but the, the government puts it out each year that there's things called qualified medical expenses for HSA purposes. So if you're if you're using an HSA card to purchase things that are not on this list, uh, that's that's you can't do that. That <laughs> is illegal. You are breaking the law. Uh, but there are plenty of things that you know maybe you didn't think would be covered in the HSA that are covered in the HSA. So I'll attach that up in the show notes things you can use it on. Uh, you know, Very interesting. I'll just name a few of them here just to give you an idea. Chiropractor, flu shots, uh, insulin, lab fees, medical alert bracelet for, for grandma and grandpa, uh, you know, psychiatric care, physical therapy, speech therapy, fertility enhancement, uh, artificial teeth. If you're in the market for those, use that HSA, get a tax deduction on that. Uh, but those are some common IRS qualified medical expenses. Okay. I just want to say too that we're talking about the HSA account and all of these can be paid for by it. There is a difference though with health insurance. So one chiropractor's amount is not going to be the same as an in-network chiropractor versus an out-of-network chiropractor. So understand we're only talking about the count, the HSA account here. We're not talking about health insurance prices. Yeah. And generally speaking, I'm generalizing here. HSAs are for people who are generally healthy. I mean, preferably they're for everybody, but if you're going to get the best bang for your buck, the HSA is for people who are really healthy that don't have a lot of medical bills. If you're going to be spending $10,000 a year on a bunch of medical expenses, you'd rather have a really strong health insurance plan that potentially has a very low deductible. Right. Uh, and just pay the deductible out of cash each year and then let the health insurance pick up the rest. Yeah. Okay. Cause you are paying more money upfront for your health insurance plan when you have an HSA. It is, it's literally called a high deductible plan. So you mm -hmm. are going to pay, at least in our case, $4,000 out of cash. Now, fortunately, our, our employer puts that in there. Again, one of the perks of being a teacher, many employers don't do that, but it, it does cost you money upfront. Now, if you're able to, again, not go over that deductible each year and you can just put the extra money you have into the HSA and invest it and let it grow and you're healthy throughout your 20s, 30s, and 40s, mm -hmm. you're going to have, you're going to be sitting on $100,000, if not more, of growth in your HSA with the funds if you've been maxing it out for 10, 20 years, and then you can use it all tax-free, right? Yeah. And hopefully... You, if you have a high deductible plan, you won't reach your deductible every year. So even though we say our deductible is $4,000, pretty much every year except for one, we did not reach that amount. So what that meant is our employer put $4,000 in our HSA. Let's say we only used 2000 of it for our healthcare expenses that year. That meant we had two extra thousand dollars that we could invest 
or potentially save to be used in a more expensive year. So go ahead and tell me more about that. Um, do you, you know, like what happens if you pay for a bill, you get a medical bill, you know, you go get some procedure done and it costs a thousand dollars and you don't use your HSA, but you have an HSA. Maybe you didn't have your card on you or something like that. What, so what are your options? Let's say you get an MRI done that costs $1,000. Um, if you don't have your HSA debit card on you at the time, that's fine. You can pay with your credit card or whatever card you have available. You will want to ask for a receipt though. And then you can just go into your HSA account and ask for a reimbursement. So that has happened to me once. I had my receipt with me though. I went into the HSA, inputted the information, and then we were reimbursed the money a couple of days later. Did they reimburse us right into the account or did they send us a check? The money comes from the HSA account and then goes into whatever bank account you have connected to it. Cool. So another cool thing though is let's say I paid that MRI bill of $1,000 with my credit card, but I did not need that $1,000 reimbursement yet, which is actually ideal because that means I can keep that $1,000 in the HSA, hopefully it's in investments and let it continue to grow. So if that's the case, what you can do is pay for these medical expenses out of pocket that would usually be covered by your HSA, but you're paying for them out of pocket. You are saving all of the receipts. And let's say after one year, you have $2,000 worth of medical expenses that you have paid out of pocket. You hang on to those receipts. And then later on, let's say five, 10 years down the road, you are in need of $2,000. Let's say you have to go and get your car fixed. You can actually use those receipts, go into your HSA, input the information. Those are medical procedures you have paid for. So the HSA will reimburse you for those. So it will reimburse that $2,000. It'll end up in your bank account. Then you could use that money if you needed to, to fix that car or whatever. So that's what's really nice about an HSA is after the end of the year, that money still rolls over. So we may not need that $2,000 now, but as long as we save those receipts in five years or 10 years, if we really need it, I can use those medical receipts to withdraw money from the HSA to be used for whatever it is that we need, our car fixed or whatever. Ideally, you wouldn't do that. You'd want your money to stay in the investments and let it continue to grow. But it's always nice to know that option is there just in case. Yeah, like you said, I think it's important that it's just it's an additional option for you if you can afford it. Obviously, that's hard to do for most families, ourselves included. Right. Uh, maxing out a Roth or excuse me, maxing out an HSA can be challenging. And then to, on top of that, pay for all your medical expenses in cash. And keep a record of them too for a number uh, of years. Yeah, that's that's true. Especially if you're holding on to them for 10, 20, 30 years, you, you need to have a solid record of those receipts because that's the regulations right now. What you're doing and talking about is totally legal, moral, and ethical. There's nothing wrong right. uh, with that. And, and that's just an additional way for you to get money to grow tax-free. And like I said, if you save those receipts, now you're pulling them out tax-free as well. So it's kind of like a supercharged Roth IRA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that can be a really, really great option for you. And, and even if you can't use that option, right? There's been plenty of years where you and I 
tried to pay for everything in cash to keep the money invested. And we did that and that was fine. There's been other years where our income was down maybe. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, we're just going to use our HSA to pay for our medical expenses because we know that it went in there tax deductible and it's coming out tax free. Right. Um, if it's used for qualified medical expenses. So Jessica, now, now to the fun part of, of the HSA. Uh, I know you talked about having those cash reserves available. Uh, which is required in most of the accounts unless they start charging you some some fees. So you definitely want to make sure you know your HSA if they need you to have $2,000 in the cash reserves or whatever it is. I think that's what ours is, right? It's mm-hmm. in 2000 Right. So the money on top of that, you want to invest it to make it grow for you. How does that work? Can you just choose what you want? Does it depend on the provider? What do you do there? Yeah. So it's really just like your other investment accounts where you can choose the funds that you would like to invest in and make it whatever stock bond percentage you're comfortable with. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, I think in in ours, don't you have an automatic reallocation um, balancing, annual balancing that it'll do for you? And, And maybe every HSA provider doesn't do that, but it's just another great option to you know, look at your overall portfolio and say, hey, I want to have, you know, an 80-20 stock bond allocation. You know, you can put that right into the system and it'll do it for you. Right. And you can have it rebalance every three or six months. So, and I forget if you mentioned this, but let's say you continue to be healthy in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. I mean, you're just rocking it. You're swimming, you're working out, you're biking, playing some basketball, getting your good exercise and you don't need to pull this money out mm-hmm. to use it for medical expenses. So can you pull it out anytime if you don't have any receipts and you don't have a medical expense? Is the money just trapped there? So when you turn 65, your HSA does act like a 401k. Whatever you withdraw will be just taxed as normal income, which is great because hopefully You don't have a lot of income when you're retired. Hopefully you don't have to really work. Um, I will say though that if you have any medical expenses that you pay for after you're 65, those are still not taxed. So any medical expenses, regardless of how old you are, whether you're less than 65 or older than 65, those aren't taxed. But when you become 65, you can withdraw money from your HSA just like a regular tax retirement account. Mm-hmm, like a 401k, traditional 401k. Exactly. So you pull it out, you use it for whatever you want. You want to get little grandbaby Johnny a uh, a new bicycle for his second birthday. You can do that. And because of inflation, it costs $14,000 oh. <laughs> uh, 40 years from now. You can do that, but now your your income is fourteen thousand dollars larger right. on your on your taxes. So you want to be able to you know make sure you're saving the appropriate amount of money to pay for those taxes. Right. Cool. So thank you, Jessica. Appreciate you having me on the show today. That's the HSA. Again, you can find her at www.makemoneyworkhard.com. Uh, you know, just another great. You know, we always talk about the four hundred one k, the four hundred three b, the Roth IRA, the brokerage accounts. The HSA is a hidden gem. Definitely is. Definitely and a, is. a pretty new, newer account that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of. And mm-hmm. especially if you're healthy and you don't need that money up front, just invest it, let it grow. Right. You're going to need it sooner or later. Yeah. Father time waits for no one. Great tax benefits. Well, Jessica, thank you for your time today. It's great to have you on the JP Money Show. It's great to be back. Thank you so much for having me. 
Remember, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan here, the host of the JP Money Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with others if you found it useful or helpful. And remember, this is not intended to be financial advice. You should consult a professional financial advisor to help you run the numbers and look at your own personal financial situation. Thank you.